We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Road of His Overtime Podcast. My name is Colin Kelly. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And of course, Sean Siegel joining me on the show today as always. Sean, it is our fourth show of the week, uh, a monster week here in terms of the content. And uh, for anyone listening to this and the Seed and Bananas podcast, they'll have got seven editions of Sean Siegel this week. So uh, lots of content coming their way from Sean. I think they'll all be uh, enjoying that as well. I don't think you can ever get too much sean siegel but sean we're here for the fourth show it is the saturday edition uh, we're going to have some fun as we look into an offense that may be this year's buffalo bills in terms of how we've seen that explosion from the quarterback position and from stefan diggs we'll be talking about that in a little moment um, and it's going to be a, a fun one as we answer some listener questions as we like to do on our saturday show so uh, looking forward to this one Definitely. We're going to talk about uh, Sam Wallace's piece. Sam was on the show last week. He was so good that people were calling out for him to have his own pod on the channel. Uh, those talks are kind of in the work. There's a possibility that we will have Sam on there for all the Sam Wallace fans. I think that's very uh, justified. He was fantastic guest. We'll look at his pick to be this year's Buffalo Bills. Then we'll go through some of these reader questions, which is one of my very favorite parts of the show uh, maybe also even talk about a couple of tv recommendations i had mentioned how there were a few service sites i still didn't have because at some point you do have to stop uh, spending money on tv shows that you might not watch but i did move over and get some hbo max for this past weekend i have canceled my netflix subscription probably temporarily right but canceled it to that sort of protest them canceling all the shows that are good and you know emphasizing more content that maybe isn't quite as awesome you know we talk about people who are willing to give some money back in order to follow their dreams and live their best life and you know recently there, there was a content producer for netflix who had a 100 million dollar deal with them and said no i'm gonna go in a different direction because netflix is trying to be too much like cbs so that's a pretty strong take in terms of wanting to make stories, create projects that he believed in as opposed to making things that evidently Netflix thinks people will watch. Um, I don't know how much of that was already paid to him, but definitely some money going back to Netflix, 
I think um, my money will not be going to them for July, but possibly only just July. But making the stand there, going to talk about some HBO Max shows perhaps. Uh, but let's start with what Sam has for us on the 2021 version of the Bills. Colin, get us started here. Tell us a little bit about Jalen Hurts and why this Philadelphia Eagles squad that I think people are justifiably scared of to an extent might be the team that allows you to win your league. Yeah, I, I think they're very interesting. Um, I, I, there's a couple of players like, I, I, let me uh, be honest about it. We have uh, Jalen Hurts going currently with an ADP of quarterback eight, and we have talked about it on a lot of shows in terms of my quarterback strategy this year so far when it comes to uh, best ball. Um, it tends to be to get one of those guys in round five, um, you know, Dak, uh, Lamar Jackson, or Kyler Murray. That does basically take me out of this position a lot of the time to get Jalen Hurts. And in the areas that he's going, I haven't been drafting him. So full disclosure, very little Jalen Hurts on my roster so far this season. But that is not purely down to not liking what this player could do. We had some very exciting weeks towards the end of last season with Hurts. Uh, he actually had a, a quite a nice game against the Packers. Um, one of the games I was watching, watched the whole game. But he does have some limitations if we look at you know lamar jackson for example but we can see him take a big jump forward we talk about the jump from wide receiver from year one to year two same with quarterback there can be a lot of growth in that offseason we also have to remember that this time last year you mentioned it with the uh buccaneers and the situation with tom brady trying to build up that rapport with the wide receivers i know there may have been some protocols that the, they did break to get some rapport prior to the season but the, we didn't have the off-season programs like we normally have we didn't have those reps and you have to remember too when jalen hurts would have come in last year he was the backup to carson wentz and then obviously as the season progressed wentz wasn't playing well things changed up but there's a lot to be said for those reps for those opportunities to build those rapports to get used to playing in the nfl it is a big jump to come from college to the nfl i think we could see that happen this upcoming season um it's going to be the other thing sean to take into consideration I, I don't think we can understate how banged up the offense was last year for uh the eagles you know we look at some of the, the guys he was targeting you mentioned on the show earlier this week um about zach Ertz and the value he could provide but if we're looking at some of the guys he was targeting and then the uh, adjusted yards per attempt you know zach Ertz was at four yards per attempt Miles sanders second highest 5.69 but you know rager who would be thinking we were getting more of those downfield targets was 6.45 uh, and then um you know in terms of the the highest out of that was quez watkins but you know there was a massive jump from him to greg ward below that but if we're looking through those names the guys he was targeting at the end of the season there was just so much decimation to what we would say is his targets then this year we obviously have taken in some exciting players and Devonte smith he currently is a an ADP in best ball of wide receiver 37, Jalen Rager, who I mentioned a moment ago, wide receiver 62. I think they're two extremely dynamic wide receivers who I think, along with a quarterback who has the rushing ability of Jalen Hurts, could lead to a very, very um, exciting season. My one take on Hurts and his ADP is he fits into that mold of maybe the players we would look at, like a, a Josh Allen, who you know we always said that russian element was there it was something that we used to see maybe that player wasn't going to get a quarterback 
eight spot at this point of his career at this point of the season where we haven't seen a breakout yet i think his upside may already be priced into that current adp but i think the players that he's playing with and those two wide receivers i don't think the upside of them or their quarterback is priced into their current adps would you agree with that yeah when you're talking about qb8 we're already into a pretty impressive range Sam points out how in weeks 14 to 16 last season, and again, this is still very early in Hurts' development in terms of when he was able to get on the field, he was actually the QB3 during the fantasy playoffs, averaged just under 30 points per game. And one of the things here, he did rush for quite a few yards, 238, scored a rushing touchdown, but he also threw for 847 yards and five passing touchdowns. And people might not be thinking in terms of just how well he functioned as a passer during that stretch. Now, you mentioned the really disgusting adjusted yards per attempt in the receiving <laughs> core and just what he's working with there i mean I, I like quez Watkins. there's still a chance that he could emerge as a deep threat in the nfl but when you're talking about him and on his 11 targets being the only efficient receiver in that group it gives you a little bit of sense of what hurts was dealing with and he finishes with a 52 percent completion percentage as a result now one of the reasons why sam draws some parallels between the eagles and the bills is that this was kind of the big red flag for josh allen right is that he just was all over the place with his passes a 53 percent completion percentage as a rookie jumped to 58 percent jumped to 69 percent in year three this could be a year early on the eagles but at the prices that we have to pay for some of these guys you almost say okay well a year early might be better than a year late right how much is it going to hurt me to draft Devonte smith at wide receiver 37 now we talked in the previous show this week about the bucks and antonio brown around wide receiver 40 41 there are still some good guys in that range so it could hurt you you, there is still some opportunity cost there. But when we talk about Devontae Smith coming in with this just insane adjusted production index, a number 99th percentile, you know, Travis Mays metric there. You look at some of the people who show up in his comps. Now, we know that he was a senior. We know that he is small and that that kind of does put him into an area where maybe a lot of the comps aren't quite as one-to-one -one as they might be with guys who are bigger. So we know that there are some things that could thwart the projections to an extent or thwart what we're thinking about in terms of scenarios. But when you do pull up the box score scout, you look at some of the guys who comp to him. Yeah, there are some old, small players who didn't perform that well. Tavon Austin, for example, someone who played in the NFL for, for quite a while, but did disappoint as a top 10 draft pick. Uh, there are some other guys on that list, however, who were pretty impressive now they are a little bit bigger but when you look at the overall prospect profile you see cd lamb show up you see odell beckham jr show up when we talk about the acceleration of production from rookie wide receivers it's interesting to note that those are a couple of guys who went over 200 points as rookies and so when we're drafting in that wide receiver 37 we know the downside is you may just not get that much production from rookie at all you look at the upside, you, you do need to think to yourself, well, he could be a Brandon Ayuk, he could be a T. Higgins, he could score those points for me as the focal point in this offense. And then we go back to this question of, yeah, Jalen Hurts may be a little bit, we'll say fully valued, not overvalued at his ADP. But like you mentioned, maybe Devontae Smith can really go some at that point. The one that I think is kind of interesting here because he's very not popular. And so we're talking about someone you can draft really with no cost. Jalen Rager is wide receiver 62 right he came in with some box score comps that included players like justin jefferson and cd lamb we thought that he was maybe the third guy from that group 
who could really do something. And the Eagles have gotten a ton of criticism for picking him when Jefferson is still available there. Some of that is justified. Jefferson, as we talk about all our different advanced metrics, does some have some things that Rager doesn't. At the same time, some of it is just a little bit bad luck. I mean, Rager entered the season injured. And then when he finally does come back, he comes into this completely broken offense. And so, I mean, I don't know what people who are necessarily criticizing the draft pick itself, as opposed to maybe just the Philadelphia Eagles organization, you know, as a group, really could have hoped. I mean, if, if you have some of those other guys come into the situation where they're hurt, they don't have the experience, they're still kind of playing hurt, and they don't have any quarterback play, well, your numbers just are not going to be awesome, right? And so then we look at this article that Neil Dutton wrote at the beginning of the season where he does our sort of rookie year comps series. We pull up the road of his screener. We look at that similarity search function. And some of the names that come up here as comps for Rager are surprising because with as bad as he was, you expect the comps to be just flat out terrible guys who have gone on to be mega busts. That's not actually the case, right? The names that come up, Chris Godwin, Michael Gallup, Devontae Adams, Robert Woods, those guys all went on to be pretty good. Now, one of the concerns is that with Godwin and Adams, the real breakout is in year three. And so if you're buying Rager, again, maybe we're a year early on this offense. We look at Robert Woods. He doesn't really emerge until he's with his second team. <laughs> so, you know, maybe Rager is someone who's more of a 2024 type of selection. But we can see the upside, right? And I think that's one of the things that we're looking for here. When we're talking about an offense that could emerge and be a real league winner for you. The thing that really changed everything for Josh Allen, I think we have to give Josh Allen a lot of credit. He was making strides. He was going to be a good quarterback. Even if Stephon Diggs isn't there, I mean, he's going to be a dynamic player. But having Diggs really changed what that offense was and what he did. You get a healthy Rager. You get Devontae Smith. If he really is that guy who was one of the greatest college wide receivers ever, right? I mean, you're talking about a Heisman Trophy winner and justifiably so. You get a healthier season from Dallas Goddard, and suddenly we're talking about a team that, with Hurts' rushing ability, with his perhaps better than given credit for passing ability, maybe not a juggernaut, maybe not a Bills team just crushing opponents every week, but I think this could be an exciting offense. Looking through it here, it does make me want to have more ownership of these guys, especially at these prices. Hey, Rotoviz Radio listener, this is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12 month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO21. That's RVRADIO21, and you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package, is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Sean, moving on to the listener questions, it is always fun to dive into these. And uh, we got a couple in from some uh, guys that do send in them from time to time. And it's always good to get you know familiar with the names of the people sending in some of these. And uh, the first one comes in from PM Farley. Uh, sent in and this is just a coincidence every week it's not that i'm picking one from twitter and one from email every week but there is one this week that came in on twitter at overtime ireland the other one came in uh through road of radio at gmail.com so a couple of ones coming up here so the first one is uh from pm farley in terms of uh for his question how much running or how much of running back targets are based on skill set versus scheme versus quarterback tendency it seems like some quarterbacks love to dump off Two running backs, examples, Rivers and Alex Smith. Uh, if quarterback tendency is a major factor, are there any sources for stats that show kind of easily and identifiable ways that we might have some sleeper running backs based on quarterback? So the thing I like about the listener questions that we are getting is they are very interesting. They make you think a little bit differently and maybe out of the box. But um, I'll let you go first, Sean, in terms of I think, well, I'll actually jump in first. I think quarterbacks definitely have tendencies and i think some schemes also lead into those tendencies i also think that the mobile quarterbacks are less likely to dump the ball off to the running back um but uh, like you know the, the there is some quarterbacks that are prime examples of it but all offenses are going to have some sort of a kind of release valve play i guess on the play where there is somebody who is like the fourth read who it's just a dump off pass to and it's usually a running back uh, or a tight end so what's your thoughts on on trying to target those um you know to, to then get a value on the running backs it's definitely going to be all three and I, I like emphasizing the qb element of it Hines was one of our really big targets last season with philip rivers there we know that rivers is a, a dump off machine and that the value was almost a lock right and so Hines scores some points there we have jonathan taylor uh, with some receiving value that maybe wasn't anticipated and those guys go on to be very big parts of teams that win their leagues. And so we're, we're looking at that. You have someone like a Tom Brady this season. One of the frustrations they had last year is that none of the running backs would really function in the receiving game and catch the ball, do the things that he needed as a release valve, a safety valve there for him. That's one of the reasons why Giovanni Bernard is one of our big targets this season. You want to look at these tendencies and, and definitely some of these veteran QBs who understand the defense so well, understand what they want to do so well, go through their progressions and can get to that last guy. They're some of the players that we tend to target in terms of these running backs because you know they're not going to take that sack. They're not going to force the ball deep and commit the turnover. They're not going to take off and run. And so the running back then, a player who you know is at his best in open space anyway, you know that's a very good way to keep those chains moving move the ball score a lot of points and so we see that from these qbs now in terms of how to identify this you can go through and the screener and the projection machine are both going to have some great elements to where you can pull up teams that 
are passing very heavily to the QB. You can look at it through targets. You can look at it through receptions. One of the things that I like to do is look at it in terms of running back expected points as a receiver. So you look for the REEP stat there, and then you can look and see who the quarterbacks are attached to these offenses at the time. In many cases, the QB and the team are going to be synonymous through certain stretches. You can also go into the projection machine and see what the tendencies of these teams have been. And when the quarterback has that tendency, when you see a large target share for the running back, you know, those are some things that definitely take into consideration if you're making projections. But if you're sort of relying on the combination of other people's projections, the range of outcomes tool, or when the flex tool that shows you the implied points by ADP, and you're kind of taking a holistic view from that point, then one of the things to just emphasize, you can go and you don't have to use the projection machine to make projections. You can use it for research, right? And it has a lot of great information there that will help you find some of these kind of guys. Yeah, and I think you're you're spot on when it comes to the the three parts of it. Um, obviously, we need a running back who's going to be able to catch the ball. You mentioned how that was a bit of a struggle for the Buccaneers last year, for example. Um, then obviously the scheme. So is it a pass heavy scheme or are they going to run the ball a lot more so i think in a situation like the seahawks we're not really trying to target as much of the pass catching running backs because there's gonna be a lot of run force plays um, and those teams that are high kind of up tempo and they're going to have a lot of uh, receivers on the field as well as a running back it's going to give an opportunity for those balls out of the backfield so um, and of course quarterback tendency comes into it so i think it's a make a little make a little stew of those three things and it'll it'll help you get uh, some of those targets thanks again for that question the next one and uh, we had a lot of fun breaking down the recent triflex draft that you did with blair where obviously the the goal was to kind of trade back see what you could get and ended up with a, a huge amount of players in those kind of opening 10 rounds so a question coming in from uh, blake schult and uh, he's saying that he followed that strategy to try and trade away future picks uh, for startup picks and then they ended up coming away with eight players in the first five rounds and 13 players in the first 10 rounds. Uh, he just kind of wanted to get uh, overall thoughts on what we thought of how his team is shaping up. And uh, he also mentioned he was hoping for a stamp of approval. So I'll read out the team. We'll see We'll see what our thoughts are uh, and how it has shook out. So quarterback, he has Tua, Mack and Cousins. At running back, he has Gibson and Etienne. Then at wide receiver, he has Chase, Diggs, DJ Moore, Ayuk, Devontae Smith, who we just talked about, uh, Julio Jones and Will Fuller, and then a tight end, he has Gesicki. So this team would be um, part of the, the road of his TriFlex format. So uh, it's I, I, Sean, uh, I think we're probably in the same boat, but this is uh, shaping up pretty, pretty nicely. There's a lot of names there that we tend to uh, like and talk about. Well, yeah, I mean, talk about stamp of approval. I don't know how you get a team this good. This is this is a really cool roster put together. The only question might be at QB, right, where you have Tua, who still has a, a very wide range of potential NFL outcomes. Mac Jones, the same kind of thing. And then Kirk Cousins, perhaps a lower ceiling QB. Although, but Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, in any given year, you, know, you could say, well, maybe he'll put up some serious points. Cousins has been better as a QB than, than I like to give him credit for. Uh, I don't know how well Cousins fits in this build. At the same time, he does allow you to bridge the gap a little bit. And one of the things that we like to talk about is that just because you trade down, and Blair wrote a whole article on this, is that that doesn't mean you're not in a win now, win always, that your championship window isn't already open. So from that perspective, you know, Cousins allows you to have the depth that you need in this format, which is a super flex format. 
you look at the rest of the team and you just you're blown away right antonio gibson the guy that we've been talking about as probably the next best option after christian mccaffrey now not that you would draft him at 102 overall in a traditional league but when we're talking about price and we're talking about profile almost all of the backs in between have some really serious red flags doesn't mean those red flags will necessarily catch those guys this season but gibson's someone that we like i know when i was talking with our friend pat kareen the other day that he selected gibson in the first round of the ffpc main event slow draft that he's doing so he and pete have gibson as their anchor on a main event team then you go to travis Etienne. i think that's a no-brainer there you wouldn't think that you'd be able to get those backs and still come back with chase Diggs, more Ayuk at the wide receiver position add on smith julio fuller this is a team that seems built for now built for the long haul it is tight end premium mike kosicki someone that we have been promoting especially in formats where it's not all about week 14, then Gasicki looks like a guy who could take the next step. So I like having Tua and Gasicki together. If they hit, then this team goes from being very good to being fantastic. And so... It'll be interesting to know when he actually drafted. We did the show a couple of weeks back on the, the Dolphins, and you mentioned Tua and Gasicki, Will Fuller also in there. So heavily uh, leaned on the, the Dolphins. Um, what I do like, though, is there's a real good blend of young players at the quarterback position two very young players at the running back position two very young players the wide receivers then you do have you know chase Ayuk smith who are very young and then you do have some more experienced players like a digs at dj moore uh, obviously julio is older and then will fuller but a really good blend of players and um i i think uh i'll, I'll let you go after me sean but i it definitely gets my uh, stamp of approval here through through those opening rounds it does and we've had suggestions that we should have a rate my dynasty team feature on the show uh, this question came in organically we haven't necessarily started that but it reminds me that we got that suggestion and that is a fun suggestion if you do have a dynasty team either that you just drafted or you're getting ready to draft a team you want to run a projected team bias or you've got a team that you're rebuilding and you want some ideas on how to take it to the next step toss it out there for column we'll do a rate my dynasty team and our ratings for Rotoviz listeners tend to be pretty good because they tend to be what you need <laughs> wide receiver heavy. But if you have a, a running back heavy team in there and you also want to get the rating uh, either for humor's sake or because you actually want to figure out how to trade those running backs for dynasty pieces that will have more longevity for you, go ahead and throw those teams in as well. Uh, yeah, it, it should be fun yeah it'll be fun so that you can send them to me at overtime ireland or you can email them in at rotovizradio at gmail.com we have uh, been dropping some of the reviews that have been left by the listeners over the last couple of weeks uh, i did I, I think i forgot last week so i'm going to add in two this week but if you haven't yet drop us a written interview on your favorite podcast app and sean and ben are running the contest over at stealing bananas as well if you drop one of the reviews and the first 50 reviews and we're we're currently pretty close to that drop a five-star review and uh, give the show a plug on social media. You could win yourself a six-month Rotoviz NFL pass. If you already have a pass, they are gracious enough that they would extend that current pass as well. So don't miss out on that. That's the Stadium Bananas podcast feed as well. But what came in on our side, and I'm always interested by some of the names that uh, come true. I know we had the one, uh, the Pig Keeper one, a couple of months back where we had to get the listener to, to send in the, the background to it. But um, War Eagle 8911 has left us one. 
forever in the rotation. Sean and Colm are a great combo to make this show an awesome listen, incredibly knowledgeable and fun, a solid, rare combo. Uh, and the other one came in from Matt F007, maybe a, a James Bond fan. Um, best FF pod, Sean and Colm uh, are an awesome team uh, and give a lot of great insights into all types of fantasy formats listening if you want to win your league so uh, great reviews there really do appreciate each and every review that is left and uh, i think uh, that second one in particular sean i think that's our goal is talk about different types of leagues i know sometimes we'll at certain points we'll talk a lot of baseball or we'll talk a lot of something else but it tends to be that that is that stage of the season but we do try and not just talk about it in one format bring all the different formats in. so hopefully the listeners are enjoying that so the last thing on the docket today, Sean, is some of our recommendations. And I know you mentioned it at the start, uh, how your uh, situation is going with the different reviews and, and those sort of things. So I'll let you take the floor and uh, you can give your review. Yeah, we normally try and focus on below the radar shows that people might not be familiar with. I'm always looking for new recommendations, things I haven't heard of. Because I haven't had HBO Max for a while, I'm going to go ahead and give some higher profile shows, the kind of ones that I was excited to have a chance to check in on after you know hearing about them for months and months. So I did watch Mayor of Easttown this weekend. Uh, Kate Winslet, obviously, she's fantastic. The show was very, very good. I don't know that it's the kind of show that works for you know a great second run through. I was trying to decide like just where I would put it. And if it's not a show where you're thinking, okay, well, I want to rewatch it with this family member or this friend to kind of get their reaction and, and share these big moments, um, then maybe it's it's not the very top kind of show, but immaculately well constructed and a, a pretty good mystery too. So if you're looking for a murder mystery that does have some twists and turns that are interesting, then that's one for you. I mean, if you've been frustrated, like we mentioned at the beginning with Netflix becoming CBS, this is not that. So have an opportunity there. Watched a couple of the early episodes of The Flight Attendant, a book that I started to read several years ago because I had seen the author at the local uh, literature festival here in Tucson down at the U of A. And so I have a little bit of familiarity with that one. It's also been good, sort of quirky, I think quirkier than the book was. And you'd like to see these adaptations that take the source material and go in a little bit of a different direction with it. So some opportunities there. I was looking through five, six, seven more shows maybe on there. Some of them a little bit more below the radar. If I get to them, I will let you know as the listeners. Colm, you had been watching Loki. This again, obviously not a below the radar show, but something people are very interested in. And uh, I feel like your review for where you are now might be the difference for people in terms of whether or not they decide to get Disney+. Plus. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully I'm not going to affect uh, Disney Plus' shares or anything or stock prices, but um, I, I've been watching it. Now, I'll be honest, um, having a, a three-year-old child can sometimes alter the uh, process. I mentioned that I was storing up some of the episodes to watch. Well, that was purposely and from show two to three. From show three to five, that hasn't been uh, intentional. Uh, I believe it's five episodes that are in the series, so I do have two left remaining. It's a little bit, um, It's you know, some shows you can kind of watch. You don't have to pay full focus. It is switching timelines. There's a lot of different bits and pieces happening. You do have to, to really put in a focus into it. it. It is interesting if you're into the the Marvel kind of cinematic universe. I think you will you will enjoy it. But it's uh, it's one of those ones that you need to you need to pay focus to as it as it jumps from timeline to timeline. But some really um, cool parts in it that I have to say that I, I 
did speak out loud to my wife and say that was uh, pretty cool the way that was done. So some very interesting effects in that in it. Uh, I, I would recommend uh, having a listen or having a watch of it. Um, you know, there has been some shows on Disney that I think have been a big letdown, and you know the reviews or the the critical reviews might have actually been higher than I think the shows uh, deserve. But I, I do think Loki is. Uh, is deserving of a deserving of a shot if you haven't watched it yet. I am going to mention though a show uh, that I am watching at the moment. One part left. It's only a three part documentary, but it's based in Ireland, and it's uh, some people have uh, a lot of interest in kind of crime uh, stories and things like that. So it is uh, a story called Sophie. It is on Netflix. It's three part um, series, and it is about a, a murder that occurred in Ireland. Um, back in the, the late 1990s. It was a massive story here at the time. It's gone on for a long, long time. So if you're interested in those kind of uh, murder documentaries, it's quite interesting. And I would also be interested, I said this to my wife as well, some of the shows that you watch, and sometimes there's subtitles on them, and you're like, why have they put subtitles on this person? I can understand them perfectly. But there's times in this show where me being an Irish person, um, there's quite strong Irish accents in it. And I'm saying like, I don't know when this goes like worldwide on Netflix, how people are going to fully understand what this person is saying. So, uh, but I, I would highly recommend it. Um, if you, if you do enjoy those, obviously a sad story, but, um, but interesting nonetheless. So that'll bring us through those recommendations. As always, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a road of his NFL subscription. All you have to do is add the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout or go to roadofviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. That's going to do it for today's edition of the podcast. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel. Check out Sean's work up on roadofviz.com. Until we're back next week, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>